I think the foundation of any business I think you can go to is you knowing what the purpose, like what's your why. Because I think if you know your why, then educating yourself becomes easy. Best ever listeners, before today's episode, I want to invite you to join us in Keystone, Colorado, February 20th through 22nd. It is the 2020 Best Ever Conference. And not only do I want to invite you to join us, I want to invite you to earn 15% for every ticket that you're responsible for selling should you join as an affiliate for the conference. Great way to earn money. And also, if you're planning on attending, great way to pay for your ticket, essentially. You get enough sales. So you can go to BEC20.com. And in the top left corner, it says earn 15% as an affiliate. You can click that, join the affiliate program, and you got all the resources that you need to share the good word about the best ever conference in Keystone, Colorado. And we will be talking more about this on future episodes. But for now, go check out BEC20.com and that affiliate page. You can earn 15% as an affiliate, and we will see you in Keystone, Colorado. Best ever listeners, how you doing? Welcome to the best real estate investing advice ever show. I'm Joe Fairless. This is the world's longest running daily real estate investing podcast where we only talk about the best advice ever. We don't get into any of that fluffy stuff with us today. Melcher, doom and tie. How you doing, Melcher? Hey, how you doing, Joe? Thanks for having me. Well, it's my pleasure and looking forward to our conversation. A little bit about Melcher. He is a controller of a nonprofit company in Chicago, a CPA who a couple days ago got his CPA license. Congrats on that. And a real estate investor in just two and a half years. He has built a portfolio of 15 units in two and a half years based in Chicago, Illinois. So with that being said, Melcher, you want to give the best ever listeners a little bit more about your background and your current focus. Yeah, thanks, Joe. I was born in the Philippines and came here when I was 17. I'm 29 now. So regular American dream, just trying to go to college, have a full-time job. But I had a great mentor. He's actually my boss. And he told me to, to buy real estate. I didn't listen to him for five years. And after that, I actually bought my first house. It was a two-flat house hack. And I had a great tenant and I got that first check and that's just the light bulb. You know, I think investor that landlording light bulb came off. And then from there, it started researching everything, educating myself, looking for the right people in my team. And then with their help, I acquired 15 units in the last two and a half years. Well, I don't want to fast forward too much. So let's, <laughs> so you went from a two flat house hack and in two and a half years, you have 15 units. So the two flat house hack, how much did you buy it for? What did you have into it as a down payment and improvement costs? The first house was really kind of like a training wheel. I bought it fully rehabbed, $280,000. I put three and a half percent down. I had a good realtor at the time and she taught me about doing a credit. So I had a 3% credit. So really, to be honest, I probably brought all in 7500 bucks. So what's the 3% credit you're referring to? It's a seller's credit that they gave me. It was a probate and the parents of the actual deceased son they just want to get rid of it. So they gave the 3% credit to me. So it was a close structure. Okay. And is that 3% credit something that's typical on a transaction or how did you go about asking for it? To be honest, most of my deals I always ask for credit. The reason I do is because it's an advantage for a person to not bring a lot of money in the closing table. 
for example, you have $200,000, EasyMed $100,000. If you're putting down 5%, that's $5,000 plus any closing costs. And if you had asked for 3% credit, which most lenders I think will allow, that's the cap, then that's $3,000 off that you don't have to bring in the closing table. So I try to do that structure as much as I can. Okay, so that was the two flat. That was about two and a half years ago. And then what'd you do? And then after that, I found a realtor from Bigger Pockets that's also an investor. So that helps a lot. Who? John Warren. I'm not sure if you're familiar with him. And he helped me a lot. He added a lot of value. And seven months after, I bought a foreclosure property at Two Flat in West Suburbs of Chicago. But the cool thing about it is there's people living in there. So it was livable, but it was foreclosure. I bought that for $88,000. Great deal. And then put about $15,000 of work. And that kind of like propelled me and gave me a lot of confidence to do more real estate. Because I think my mortgage at the time was 750 bucks, And I was bringing in about $2,100. So it was great. It is. That is a great ratio there. The property was a foreclosure, but they had people living in it. Were those the people who were being foreclosed on? Yeah, I think they were the owner and they just couldn't pay the mortgage. And I asked them to stay, actually, so they can just stay there and not worry about moving. But I think a week before I closed, they left already. Okay. So why was it a good thing? You made a point to say it was a good thing that people were living in it. But if they moved out before you closed, what was the benefit of them living in it? For me, the benefit of living in it, usually a foreclosure property, an REO, usually they've been left behind for like a long time. So with people living in it, the advantage of it is there's still some people who lives in it. That means it's livable. Most foreclosure property has leaky roof or leaky pipes and grass is five feet tall. So but that's the advantage of me saying that it's great that there's people living in it. Did they trash the place on their way out? No, it was a Hispanic family and they were really nice. I got to talk to them when I was under contract and I had a conversation with them and they were really nice. I mean, I asked them like, you know, okay, you know, why is it getting foreclosed? And they kind of shared with me that there just something happened in the family and they just couldn't pay the mortgage. And you put 15000 into it. Did you do the work yourself and pay for supplies or did you hire contractors? I tried. I'm just not a handyman. I'm not, that's not really my strength. (laughs) I hired a lot of people. It was, keep in mind, seven months after I bought my first property. And I think I was making $35,000. So I wasn't making a lot of money. I was still a staff accountant, I think at the time. And I just hustled, man. You know, I came up with the $25,000 to close and another $15,000 to repair it. Hustled. I was driving Lyft before work, driving Lyft after work. It's a good thing I work in downtown Chicago. The parking here is hard, but I was fortunate that I can park right in my office. So it's a lot of hustle, a lot of driving lift. Because that's not my skill, right? My skill is I can drive lift. So if I was making $20 an hour driving lift, and in turn, I can just pay a contractor to do the same job $30 an hour, I feel like that's okay because I don't have to do all the learning process, being skilled about it. And that's a lot of time. So I feel the right decision for me at the time is to just drive as much lift as possible and pay the contractor to do the work. Because my model was always get the property as fast, as ready as possible, because every time the property is vacant, you're losing money. 
Did you have a general contractor who then hired subcontractors? No, there was a lot of handyman at the time. I couldn't hire a GC because there's a margin, the GC yeah. charge. So it was a lot of building relationship with all of my handyman. And a lot of it came from my realtor. So having a great realtor who was an investor as well, they would know a lot of me. Yes. Very important, especially with construction workers to go through references and good thing that you had that person. Okay. So that was the next two flats. So at this point you have four. Yeah. What did you do after that? So after that, um, I think November of 2017, I bought a, a three flat, another foreclosure again around the same area. And you're making $35,000 a year, you said at the time. Yes, at the time. So I was still focused on my full-time job too while doing this. Sure, um, of course. So I was getting promoted at the time when I started, I was a staff accountant and I'm on a controller. So as I go last two and a half years, I was still focused on my full-time job and not forgetting that I have that responsibility. And I have great mentors. I My boss and my full-time job knows everything that I'm doing. So with their support, it wasn't from them and for all the, the team members I well, have. Right. So I bring that up because relatively speaking, it could be considered a low amount of money, but you're buying all these properties. That's my point. So you were getting this extra income from what I imagine keeping your living expenses pretty low and then also doing the side hustle of driving for Lyft. Yeah. The key for me to buy the next property, the three flat, my third property is I refinanced the foreclosure because at the okay. time it was considerably low when I bought it. So I bought it right. It was appraised at I think $130,000 after. So I basically got most of my money back. The one you bought for eighty eight. Yes, correct. Okay. And then I used that and then some of my 401k to buy three flat that I bought. It was $240,000. And I learned how to paint. <laughs> I think painting is the only one I can do. <laughs> the 401k money, did you pay a penalty? I guess you probably can't do self-directed because it's your own deal. It's a loan. You can do a loan in your 401k and then basically you pay like a minimal interest at the time. I think I was paying 4% at the time, 4.5%. And it just deducted to your fee. That's basically okay. what happens. All right. So you bought one for two forty. That's a three flat. So at this point, two, four, seven. Now you got seven. What'd you do next? So that one was a foreclosure as well. I knew coming in, it's going to be worth three hundred thousand dollars when I bought it. So right away when I bought it, I just created sixty thousand dollars. Which one? The three flat. The three flat, correct. Okay, all right. So I think the key for me growing really was buying it right in the beginning. And most of these properties, the two flat was a little distressed, but not too distressed. But the three flat was really distressed. We're talking about carpet, animals eat on. So I had to do a lot of work for it. But right now, I think it's worth 360000 um, Good for you. So again, that was about 3,300 square footage. Yeah. I spent mornings and evenings after driving live painting just to get it ready it was in the middle of winter too but it's a lot of hard work i think that's what most beginning investors lack because i i did get excited listening to your 1700 podcast <laughs> i've listened to you know bigger pockets 300 podcasts while driving live so i like to think of myself like a taxi driver you know all of them have like a phd and something because i'm sure they're they're like listening to everything so it's a lot of hard work, man. Waking up 4.30 in the morning, not coming home till 8 p.m. I think at the time I was still single. I don't know if I can 
get away from that now. <laughs> yeah. You were waking up at 4.30 in the morning. Then what would you do? Just high level from 4.30 to 8 p.m. My day consists of, at the time, I would wake up 4.30 in the morning, go paint for like an hour, an hour and a half, and then drive lift, go to the gym, and then go to work, and then, again, drive lift around like probably 7.30, I'll stop and then come home and paint till 11. That's really my day. <laughs> 4.30 a.m. to 11 p.m. for what period of time? I was that? doing that for about two, two and a half months. I got sick a couple times doing that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, your immune system was yeah. not enjoying the lack of yeah. sleep plus yeah. the uh, paint fumes plus everything else that you were doing. Well, Thank you for sharing that schedule that is important to note, and it's just necessary to note. So thank you for that. All right, real quick, let's go faster on the next properties. You had a three-flat, then what was the next one? So the next one was a five-unit. So that All was right. nice, and it was totally distressed. At this point, I've been talking to a lot of people and building a lot of relationship. And then after that, that actual seller of the five-unit got me the last property, the three-unit, which is a seller finance. So okay. it was- let's talk about that five-unit. How'd you hear about it? I found it on an MLS, put an offer that day. Just the regular MLS. All of my properties are MLS besides the last one. When you say distress, will you describe the circumstance of the distress? Sure. Floors are broken, tuck pointing needed, it smells like the problem with that too is there's people in there so there's you know oh. the people are not paying rent it's just the seller was just your typical old and the mom and pop and doesn't want to basically deal with it how much did you purchase it for purchases for 280 280 um, so for someone who's not in chicago or doesn't know the market that sounds like a lot of money for a property that is distressed and smells like pee and people not paying rent yeah I think I bought it. I paid for it probably higher right now. That's probably around 56000 if I'm not mistaken, per unit. So right now in the same area, it's probably exchanging around seventy-five a unit. So there was a lot of meat in the bone. However, I think all this stuff that I had to do, it probably just going to be even out. But I think that I want to point out is, because especially right now, that's how I'm looking at deals is when you acquire it, because I look at it long-term, right? Let's say that property, for example. Let's say it will net income after I pay it off. Let's say it will give me $30,000 a year, right? So if I acquire, let's say, four of that, regardless of if it becomes a dollar, right? Let's say just the rent stays and, you know, everything else stays, which if the expense goes up, more likely than not, the rent will go up. But if it stays just $30,000 after I paid it off, that's $30,000 that I can earn without me basically doing anything, looking at if I just pass it through the management company. So that's really how I look at deals now. And especially if the, the seller of the property has more properties. So it doesn't hurt to buy it and build rapport that you can actually perform because that's the reason why I received the award for the seller finance because the seller, I... And after three months, I kind of like changed the property, how it looks. Even in the blog, they, they saw how every windows change. They see that I'm actually doing something with the property instead of just staying like a eyesore. And the yeah. seller saw that too. So as a young guy, especially, you know, most people will say, look, you don't have a lot of experience, but 
even if you don't have a lot of experience, a lot of hustle, a lot of um, people that you know that you can leverage will kind of like even the gap. Thank you for sharing that. The five unit led to an opportunity with the three unit and seller financing. Based on your experience, what's your best real estate investing advice ever? So I was thinking about this and I think it's very generic, but I think the foundation of any business I think you can go to is knowing what the purpose, like what's your why? Because I think if you know your why, then educating yourself becomes easier because there's always a why and hustling becomes easier. Waking up at 4.30 in the morning becomes easier. Driving live. What time do you wake up now? Right now, I still wake up at 4.30, but I do the Miracle Morning by Hal Elrod. I do that in the morning. I still drive Lyft, even though I'm a controller. I still drive Lyft, but I'm more into kind of like just building relationship. The reason I want to do realtor is I want to just exchange dollar per hour from Lyft, becoming a realtor. And I just love seeing houses and helping people. We're going to do a lightning round. You ready for the best ever lightning round? Yes, sir. All right, let's do it. First, a quick word from our best ever partners. Best ever listeners, go to BEC20.com. Look in the top left-hand corner. You can earn 15% as an affiliate. You can join the affiliate program and participate in the conference that way and basically earn a free ticket to the conference, BEC20.com. What if you could earn 10000 per month net cash flow for life? Now you can at the Residential Assisted Living Academy. Gene Corino teaches you how to take a single family house and turn it into a cash flow machine. Visit ralacademy.com to learn more. Best ever book you've recently read? Recently, Millionaire Success Habit, Dean Graciosi. Best ever deal you've done? I think the second two flat I bought the foreclosure, the 88000 That gave me a lot of confidence to do more real estate, definitely. What's a mistake you've made on a deal? Trusting contractor. I think a lot of us have done that before. I think if I have one skill is to delegate. But the problem that I did on that transaction is I didn't put systems and processes in place to kind of have a checks and balance. I asked the contractor to do something, thought it was done, but didn't check on the tenant, didn't ask for pictures, and paid the contractor. And I basically just not used that contractor again. Yeah. How much did you pay him? Man, I paid him $700. And did they do any of the work? Nope. <laughs> did none of the work? Nope. No, I learned from that. That yeah. was when I was green still. So yeah. Hey, it, it happens. It happens to yeah. everyone. At least it's only 700 bucks. Right. Enough to remember, but not enough to sidetrack things majorly. Yeah. Best ever way you like to give back to the community? I do go to meetups and I talk to other investors I just started doing a video, a content, not like every week that I want to share to everybody because I think a lot of the stuff that's popular, they don't really go through steps on how they got there. They just see, okay, I have 100 units and all that. And I think sharing my experiences will help a lot of investors, especially new investors to kind of like, just think about it. Like, you know, I mean, I was making 35000 There's a lot of people making more than that now that I think can, can buy property. So I think if there's a little trigger that they can kind of like see themselves would give them the trigger to pull it. That's why we do this show to share your story. So it will inspire others and help others. How can the best ever listeners learn more about what you're doing? Can I give my number? Give your number. 
They can call me 708-979-0852 if they're around Berwyn or Cicero or even Chicago area. And you can also email me at MV as in Victor, D as in dog, A as in Apple, rental at gmail.com. Call, text, anytime, day or night. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> I don't sleep. If, yeah, I don't sleep. <laughs> well, Melcher, thank you for being on the show. Thank you for talking about your habits and how you got to where you're at, the 4.30 a.m. to 11 p.m. typical day that you had for two and a half months whenever you were repositioning one of your properties, the business plan that you take with each of your properties, which is basically you find a distressed property and you fix it up, and then you take the proceeds from that and you parlay it to something else. And in some cases, you parlay the relationships into other deals. For example, that five unit into the three unit, which you got seller financing with that three unit. So thanks for being on the show. Hope you have a best ever day. Enjoyed our conversation. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks, Joe. What if you could earn 10000 per month net cash flow for life? Now you can at the Residential Assisted Living Academy. Gene Corino teaches you how to take a single family house and turn it into a cash flow machine. Visit ralacademy.com to learn more.